0: Welcome everyone to the October 2017 meeting of Knoxville Game Design. We are developers in the Knoxville and East Tennessee area who develop games for fun and also develop games for profit. Uh, This month we currently just have me and Dylan Wolf on the line. Hi. Okay, so first of all, we'll hit up some news. I know, Dylan, you're going to be <clears throat> at the DevSpace Conf in Huntsville, Alabama. Let me share this out. Uh, next weekend, is that right?
1: Yes. I submitted two game dev panels. Um, one was uh, finishing your Unity game, which uh, I gave a lightning talk on at CodeStock a couple of years ago. Um, which is just kind of, like, the steps that you have to go through before publishing on um, mostly Google Play but also other things, Um, as well as um, Game Dev for Business Devs, where I kind of go through, which is a completely new panel, where I'm going to go through some of the differences between Say writing XNA or writing Unity or or something like that, and other game, uh, other um, like stuff you would do in kind of your day job. Because um, I know, you know, when I first got into XNA, that was that was the most difficult thing. Like just because you know C Sharp doesn't mean you know how to think in function calls that last a sixtieth of, of a second, and you know have to break down actions into that yeah so this is so, like
0: for business developers who develop code for their day job and want to make the leap into game development this kind of yeah. fills in the gaps of what you need to, do to need to do to actually develop a game to take those skills right. you already have and transfer that into a game development yeah. environment.
1: kind of like what what patterns you're working with there as opposed to you know in you know you're building a, a long running database or process that interacts with the database or a website or, or something like that.
0: Yeah. So this be a long, like oh here's how you create a update call and draw calls opposed to. Yeah. You're doing for business. And
1: just, just generally how to think about stuff like that. Um, you know, like I said, kind of decomposing it into frames.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to share my screen here. And I currently have the DevSpace information site here. It's at devspaceconf.com. And, again, that's uh, next weekend for us. That'll be October 13th and 14th at the Von Braun Center right there in the middle of Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I looked at the prices. It's kind of steep, especially if you haven't already... Uh, signed yeah. up. I think it's $150, so I don't know if I'll be making it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a I mean it's a developer conference like um CodeStock or DevLink, although I guess DevLink isn't, you know, that that sort of thing like you know, some of the other other cons and stuff that we've talked about have not been, you know, things that your company might send you to. So
0: yeah. Um, I know they got to pay a lot to rent out those arenas and everything, and Von Braun Center can't be cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you got your tickets early, it's $75, and it goes all the way up for late like $250. But yeah, I think this is still run by Chris Gardner. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And actually, that was the whole reason why I submitted. He, you know, he was in the XNA community you know, years and years ago. Um, so, like, I think all of our paths kind of crossed. And, you know, I saw him at CodeStock and he suggested I submit because I think that's kind of what, you know, like he's done for, for people in in um, kind of the game dev community. He doesn't mind throwing in some of those sessions.
0: Yeah, I know he used to be a frequent speaker at CodeStock and he would always do like one or two XNA or game dev in general talks. yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, so it looks like they have a lot of good speakers down there, a lot of good uh, sessions. Let's see here. Sessions from, so they got C++ and .NET, JavaScript, SQL Server. So it looks like they got a little bit of everything. And like you just said, they got game development too. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's your talk right here. Game Dev for Business. So if you want to check that out. I believe you also had a link on your site. I linked to it on the main Knox Game Design site. So if you want to yeah. read like an overview of your two talks, it's on your upcoming panels post. You have descriptions there. Yeah. Um yeah, so by the way I did do a little bit of work on the Knoxville game design website. Uh I figured out how to use custom fonts using the Google font, so it makes it kind of look a little bit more retro gamey like and tried to apply some of our the red green cyan theme to this. So. Okay, yeah, like try to make things stand out a little more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I did a lot of WordPress, uh programming uh, I was able to use the uh, what was it there's like an editor in there and uh, you just go through and you add custom CSS Yeah. And, uh, and then I go into Firefox this really isn't game dev related by going to Firefox and you, there's a developer panel right here and you can click on inspector and then there's like a little arrow and box right here and then you can like use that and and find out what you wanna change. And like, if I wanna change this element right here, then it will actually tell me through here all the styles that have been applied and uh, actually the name of what that thing is. Yeah. It's been a little while
1: since I've messed with that sort of thing in WordPress. I would usually just install it locally and, cause you can, you can actually put a theme into a folder and then zip it up. Oh. And then when you do that, like you can upload it, and that way, you know, like you can move plugins and themes around. Um, but
0: I know we uh, do we do have like a sub theme of the old whatever it was twenty thirteen theme. So I, I think yeah. I did make some changes to that. But so I probably need to take the CSS changes that I made. Uh, in that CS ed, CSS editor and then move that into the custom Nox game design theme.
1: Yeah. I like I, I like working on that sort of thing locally or at least on like a dev site because I'm just always afraid that I'm going to, you know, especially if I get into any actual HTML or PHP, yeah. that I'm just going to break the entire site and it's going to take, you know, like some time to actually get it back back up.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I just was working on it live uh, through the little editor. I figure CSS, uh, hopefully I won't break anything, but... uh, Yeah. And if I do host something up here, I can always just delete the custom CSS and it'll go back. But yeah, I I do agree. Uh, It's a lot better to work on things offline. Have like a little QA area so you can just test and uh, just in case something gets hosed up. Okay, um, go back here. And so we talked about dev space. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Joe Miller isn't on. I uh, hope, hope he's doing okay. But there is a GM48 coming up uh, next weekend as well. Um, if you go to their site, it says that it runs from. Uh, October 14th through 16th but this is like Greenwich London time or something weird so it's actually our October 13th at 9pm to Sunday night so yeah hopefully I have to check with Joe Miller see if he's participating in that I did see like a tweet from him uh, that he's like trying to get back into game dev or something like that
1: yeah, I saw some tweets from him where he was working on like a uh, JRPG style project or something yeah. like that. So
0: uh, Let's see if I can pull his stuff. Yeah, so yeah, he's got like a little uh, JRPG, like you just said, Dylan. Um, so I guess this is in uh, GameMaker, I'm assuming, writing this from scratch. Similar to Shining Force, but with some other things planned. Yeah. So yeah, life gets in the way. I'm sure he's just busy and everything. And so hopefully uh, we'll hear from Joe again pretty soon. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll try to do this, but uh, I don't know. Have something to talk about next month. Uh, our friends in Lexington. Um, they're having Lex Play 2017. I'm not sure if this is for. I think this might just be like game playing. Uh, like game tournaments and things like that, but it looks like they got a good big crowd. Ninety-two signed up to go to it, uh, largest game convention in central Kentucky. This is convention's second year, and we're ready once again to bring you the best in esports, video games, tabletop games, retro gaming, and more. So,
1: but it is actually hosted by Run Jump Dev, which is the is that the the.
0: The the Lexington like their game dev group. yeah, it's kind of like the Lexington equivalent of us. <laughs> okay. So even though it isn't specifically game dev, there'll probably be a lot of game developers there. Uh, so yeah, that's later this month. I may try to make that. A, I don't know. Yeah, they got a place here where you can buy tickets through Eventbrite. Um, I'll also mention that Indiecade is going on this week. Uh, actually, right now in Los Angeles, uh, big game game development type con- uh, convention for indie developers to show off their games. I know a lot of like uh, famous, I guess, <laughs> ga- games have came out of this. And they have, like, awards and things like that. The most unique and best new indie games out there. So, um, yeah. Hopefully we'll hear more about this and upcoming uh, Stars of the Indie Game World. Uh, Unity 2017.2... So Unity's under this new numbering scheme now. It used to be Unity like 4.5, 5, 5.6 and everything. Now they're going to like the year. And then I guess the .2 is the number of the release that year. So the second release in yeah. 2017. Um, seems like the biggest thing that, out of this is they're like collaborating with Autodesk now. So Autodesk is the owner of the FBX format. Which, um, if you make models in Blender, from what I've heard, if you make a model in Blender, then import that into Unity, then there's, like, this implicit conversion into FBX. Now, you can always, uh, manually export it to FBX yourself and import it in. But there's always been, like, it's worked pretty well, but some of the things like animations and things like that haven't always translated Perfectly into Unity, so maybe they're going to be collaborating with them more. Maybe Autodesk will open up the format, which I'm not sure. FBFX may already be open, I'm not sure. But uh, it sounds like they'll be collaborating with them, so keep a uh, lookout for that. I know there's been some problems with the current version of Unity and the Xbox One's creators program, so you have to like get the bleeding edge patch version. Uh, from Unity, so hopefully those updates will be rolled into this official version right here. Um, So, Xbox Live Indie Games, I think as of yesterday, it should be completely shut down. Uh, Tim Hurley, who was one of the... uh, He ran the XBLIG. He was one of the uh, writers, reviewers, uh, review sites for indie games. He did a pretty good... Uh, post farewell to Xbox Live Indie Games, uh, so all of us who have developed games for Xbox Live Indie Games, we should be getting a payout from Microsoft uh, for the <laughs> remaining amount <laughs> on our accounts. Uh, I don't know, Dylan, if Funkworks had uh, anything <laughs> there to be paid out?
1: Maybe like around $100, which, you know, split up is not going to be
0: that much, but it's still something. It's something. Because <laughs> I remember you guys, you and Mike Neal, released uh, Inca Blocks. and Yeah. You also released, or no, you developed uh, uh, the dubstep gun game, uh, yeah, Captain I Dubstep. Kept... But that I, I... was
1: for Dream Build Play, and it never really, like, I think I think one of the things that kind of killed that was um, that was the same year that uh, Axiom Verge was submitted. Oh. Which was also doing like a Metroidvania style, uh, even like a futuristic Metroidvania style, um, and it was just like, nah, <laughs> there's there's no point in continuing this. Um, yeah, but yeah, by that and time- even oh, even um, I think I think Inca Blocks, like Mike ended up putting that on Google Code or something. I don't I don't know if that's even still around, but. Uh, yeah. that got taken like we, we ended up taking it down um, oh. that's a whole long story of like uh
0: there yeah there's a whole story about Mike like manipulating the ratings or something like that <laughs> and, well
1: yeah like there was there were issues that people in the XBLIG community had seen like things go up and down the the top uh game charts uh, just just weird um Kind of weird uh, movements. I think Mike was at one point tracking that or something. Like he was, he was like doing screen scraping or or, or something to kind of test some of that. Or that may have been when we were uh, we took over the uh, exp- the XBliG database or whatever. Yeah, the indie uh, side. Yeah. So he ended up figuring out that you could do, um, you could take like silver account Xbox Live Silver accounts create them on the website vote for something that you hadn't even downloaded and you know actually actually get movement in the rankings and so you know of course that was one of those things that like you couldn't get XBLIG support to publicly you know like make a statement about or deal with so there was kind of the, the sense in the community of like this is not being taken seriously just like everything else in XBIG was at one point. Um, Because that was kind of how the community, you know, like there wasn't a a ton of communication there on on some of the bigger issues.
0: Yeah, like XBIG was just kind of like off on the side. It's like, oh, here's some quirky little games, but these aren't the official Microsoft games. Go in there at your own risk. Yeah.
1: And I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's, that's a horrible story to tell, I guess, considering it shutting down. Like, I, I don't mean to make it so bad, but this was, that was just kind of the dynamic for, for, for the ratings issue. And he was just like, well, I'm going to demonstrate this. And then, you know, and at that point it was like, no, nah, we just need to take it down. Cause that's not like, we don't want to be one of the bad guys here.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, maybe you guys will get a small payout. I think I still have some money on my account. I remember I got one payout, but now it's got to... I think you had to have $150 to actually get a payout yeah. for Microsoft. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll pay that out. I know I saw the Chaos Soft guys. They started, to like, uh, posting all of their codes for uh, Evil Quest. Yeah. Their, their leftover codes. Like, oh, okay, here's... Like some codes, before it shuts down, use them before October 7th when it shuts down. Then I think if you use it before then, then you can still play the game. Yeah. You just can't buy it anymore or anything. So I actually went and like took a screenshot of all my codes. I posted mine out there too. I don't know if anybody downloaded them or anything. but
1: Yeah, but that, uh, I, I know, I haven't really participated in any of it, but I've seen people tweeting about... Um, kind of different things to do, you know. Make make sure that you get your game out, and you know, where you can put it on Windows or or something like that. Because XBliG really was a good community, and and even with some of the issues, um, you know, I think a lot of us know various people that we do in the game dev community because of XNA and because of XBliG, um, you yeah, know, especially.
0: That's where a lot of people got their start right there, is through XBLIG, and it definitely gave us all a bigger platform. I mean, anybody can go up and put a game on the internet, like on Itch.io or something. Well, that's the days before Itch.io, so uh, it's kind of like a forerunner to a lot of these other indie game sites.
1: Well, yeah, and like, you know, the Chaos Soft guys, um, the guy who did, I can't remember his name... I can't re- even remember his company name. The guy who did, I made a game with zombies in it, who's now doing like.
0: Silva. Oh, Silva. Uh, F- James Silva. SKA, SKA, something like that. Ska.
1: Yeah, Ska yeah. Studios, who did like. They've they've done a couple of actual Xbox Live Arcade games. Um, you know, uh, Zeboid games with Cosmic Star Heroin, like that just came out. Like, there are a lot of people that would not have gotten the start. Um, if it weren't for not just XNA, but well, you know, but for XBliG, or, or at least that's that's kind of how how they they started. So,
0: yeah, it was really nice because you just had to pay your like ninety nine dollar annual fee, and then anybody that can like run XNA, compile a game, can put a game out there. Yeah. Whereas before uh, XBliG. Uh, especially on a major console, you actually had to like, go through a publisher, you had to do the networking and, and go through all that. So, uh, I was also yeah. going to mention you were talking about uh, porting games earlier to other platforms. I know I ported my TTYGFX game over to uh Was it the Windows Store, Windows 10 Store? Yeah. And uh, I was going to mention anybody out there looking to port their game from XNA, uh, Mono Game is pretty much the uh, accepted platform for porting. It isn't too hard. There's, like, some things that are a little bit different, and they're continuing to add support, but, uh, I, I can definitely say it is possible to, uh, port a game from XNA to mono game without too much difficulty, then put that on other platforms such as the windows store and things like that.
1: Yeah. Or just put it out there, you know, on HEO or something, something simple. Um, you know.
0: um, yeah, I'm not sure if the XNA libraries will still run under windows 10 with the windows build anymore, but, uh, <laughs> yeah i didn't even think about that yeah i think it's broken now but i think there may be hacky ways to get XNA to run but if you want it to be able to be played by any one uh mono game is the way to go for that
1: yeah
0: yeah i know some of those old libraries like the creator studio and all that uh stuff that you had to download a lot of that doesn't work but Okay, uh, so I noticed on the uh, Knoxville Dev Slack group, they've announced location for the next quarterly meetup, and it's at Open Chord Music on October 26th. So I guess this might be like a Halloween tie-in theme or something to this. Um, so I clicked on this earlier. It's the music shop that's on Kingston Pike. Um uh, let's bring it across back. from like books a million I think um yeah I think there's like a bookstore across the street and the sonic or something yeah uh, like right where Ted Russell Ford is and it's like near Bridgewater Road in that area over there so, yeah, we had a good time at the Sunsphere last time. I guess they couldn't get the Sunsphere again. It sounds like they'll like to change the location every time. So maybe they'll have music and stuff. I'm not sure. but uh,
1: I Actually, and I just thought I'd mention in the email, like, I need to look at getting some flyers or something printed up.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I can do that through Vistaprint if, you know. Yeah, that would be cool, because it seems like that was the most popular thing from our brief last time. Just people just picking up, hey, well, what are we about, and description yeah. of the group, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like we had more stuff set up, just because game dev kind of lends itself to that. But also, like, we were joking, you know, we were... I feel like we're pretty much all introverts, so it's kind of like, nah, just,
0: just just look at the thing. We'll... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh- just- yeah, I wish we had, there might be pictures on that one video, but we had, like, the table completely, like, full with, like, all of our games and all of our handouts, and, like, we had your endless non-stop runner game running with controllers, and then we had, like, tablets showing the podcast, and, and yeah. I like another things showing time-lapse videos and I think we were supposed to actually share a table with like the Knox VR group and we just kind of like push them off onto the next table Uh, but yeah it was a lot of fun and getting the word out about what we do and things like that okay so I didn't ask Dylan did you have anything you wanted to show off this month?
1: nah, honestly I've been kind of busy and just like not really doing uh, game dev mostly just playing games at this point yeah yeah what have you been, what have you been playing lately uh overwatch I started playing uh, player unknown battlegrounds a little bit which is interesting it's not something I'm good at I'm not you know like I like the idea of parachuting down and running around an island not so much you know doing realistic first-person shooter stuff because my reflexes are not um and i i got back into
0: playing uh final fantasy 14 a little bit oh okay yeah i haven't played that one yet that's like one of the few final fantasy games i haven't played um i've been playing like a bunch of weird japanese stuff like Sinron kagura and uh Trying to get back into Yakuza Ryu Gagu Toki. There's a new release of that uh remake of I think Yakuza two. And uh I'm still playing Tekken Seven. Uh, I got out of Persona Five, I got to a point it was like where it just didn't make much sense anymore, which all Persona games are kinda of wacky. I know I saw yeah. Mike and uh doing the these are video games he was doing a playthrough. Yeah. Of, Persona 5, so I'll check that out. Uh, I'll go ahead and give Mike uh, a plug there. Uh, he does These Are Video Games on I think Friday nights at 8pm on Twitch.
1: Yeah, I think the Twitter is like these are VG. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, I was going to do a quick demo which I actually did a quick run through <laughs> before of uh, the cloth component. I'm not sharing uh, The cloth component Cloth component and uh, shaders, which I—I'll go ahead and admit I am not an expert in like shader creating, but I know like enough to do the basics. Uh, so first of all, I got a new Unity project right here. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to Game Object and add a new plane, a 3D object plane, and this is going to be like a flag. So, go ahead and call this a flag. By the way, I did release a game, an educational game called 50 Flags of the United States. So, I got a little bit of experience working with these cloth components and things like that. Um, Let me go ahead and rotate this guy. So, that's going to, yeah. So, that's the back side because you can't see the back side. And that's the front side. So, I'm going to go into GIMP. and, And there's where I was playing around earlier. I'm going to create a new texture. Go into filters. This is going to be like a checkerboard flag. So I'm going to go into render pattern and go to checkerboard. And I'm using a 1028 or 1024 by 1024 uh, uh, size resolution uh, image right here. You can do bigger if you want to if you want more um, resolution or more detail. So, Filter, Render, Pattern, Checkerboard, 128 by 128. So i got my texture there. I'm going to do a File, Export. And I got my shader. I just called this Shader Test. Uh, In Assets, I'm going to create a texture folder. Then I'm going to call this like Checkerboard, PNG export that go back over to unity so now I have a texture folder in assets so I can actually just drop this checkerboard right onto uh, the texture or the plane right there so like, oh, I need to rotate this the other way it's not looking at the camera so twist this over you can always check by I think going to game so you can see it right there <clears throat> And actually,
1: <clears throat> but I'm assuming you could, like, put two planes together or flag something where you would get the two-sided effect, right?
0: Yeah, you can do that. <clears throat> or you could use, like, a cube, but I'll uh, get into how to do that with a shader uh, here in a little bit. Um, so, yeah. Um, so there's the checkerboard, and there's that. So what you can do is go into Flag and add a component and it's I think it's under rendering, or no, it's under physics. And go into the cloth component right there. So there's a lot of different settings. I don't have my zoom on right now or anything, (laughs) but it's over here in the uh, lower right hand corner right here. The ones that I primarily work with, well, first of all, edit constraints. I'm just gonna press play. Hopefully this doesn't slow down too much or anything. So it's just going to fall, because i got gravity on and everything. But you can edit constraints, and go back over to scene. So now, when you have edit constraints turned on, you see all these little nodes. So you can actually click on this select, and then you can drag this box over all these little nodes, and then they'll be highlighted. So then I can click max distance and set that to a max distance of two. So that's going to let all these little nodes be able to move any way uh, uh, with two units. Move a maximum of, of two units. And let's say this left side, that's like where the flagpole is. I'm going to select those and set a max distance of zero. So that's going to make those red, saying those can't move at all. Then all the ones that are green, they can move at a max distance of two. So press play. And let's see here. I guess I should have did maximize on play. Maximize on play. So now you can see there's a flag, and it's moving a little bit, and it's crumpling a little bit and falling. Um, what you can do is go down and there's this external acceleration. So if I want it to like the wind blowing to be to the right, I can like set that to a a value like 20. And that will make it blow straight that way. Or if I want the wind blowing the other way, I think I can set it to like negative 20. And then it starts blowing the other way. It's kind of getting wrapped up on itself a little bit there. Or if I want it blowing upward, I can do Y value, let's say 30. And it should blow upward like that. And then there's another neat setting. Let's turn that off. There's a random acceleration. So let's say, let's set random acceleration Z to 50 try that. And you can also edit these in, while you're playing in play mode. So what the random acceleration is going to do, it's going to blow, and, blow the wind in either positive or negative to that maximum value, either negative 50 or positive 50. So you'll get like that whipping in the wind effect when you set that random acceleration like that. <clears throat> but <clears throat> there's a lot of other settings that you can play with in here. Uh, but like, like Dylan, like you were saying earlier, sometimes you can notice some issues if the flag wraps around, you can't see the back side. So to fix that, you need a shader. So let me click on assets. So to create a shader, just click create. And it's right here, shader. I'm going to do a standard surface shader. I'm going to call this, uh, just say new flag shader, and you can double click on that, then we'll bring this up in Visual Studio, but it's not like standard C code or C sharp code, it's this custom shader code, which kind of looks like C or C++. Um, So you have all these different settings, which I can talk a little bit about some of these in in a minute. But the important one for a flag, if you want to see double-sided, you go into this sub-shader section right here. And under LOD, you type cull off. So that turns off culling, which means it's going to uh, render on both sides. So after you do that, you go back to your flag and... You can scroll to the bottom over here, and where it says Shader Standard, you click on that and go to Customs, and then I can do my new flag shader to associate that. So it should now display on both sides. Um, You gotta be very careful with this. Um, If you do have like a complex model, you don't wanna render both sides for a very complex model where you weren't seeing the inside of the model or anything. Um, but it's good for things like this, like a little flag. So you can press play there and really can't tell, but if I, uh, let me minimize this or get out of maximize. So if I go to scene and move this around or even select the camera and pull the camera this way and then rotate it. So you can kind of see the back side of the flag now. So, yeah, if you need like a little checkerboard for <clears throat> checkerboard flag for a racing game, that's, that's the way you can do that. Um, I'll also mention about shaders. Let's go back to the new flag shader. Um, the one thing I do know about it is these properties up here and at the very top of your shader. If you click on your object that has the shader assigned, you can expand this right here where you set the shader. I don't know if I can move this up or not. It would help if I could move it up. But uh, you you expand that, and you have all these settings for the shader, and that's where I have the material assigned and the color. Like if you want to have a, a red hue or something, you can change that. You have all these tiling and offsets. But say I don't need smoothness Let's see if I don't need smoothness or metallic, I can go up here to properties, and you can see I have all these settings down here under the shader are defined up here. So if I want, if I don't need those, I can just hit delete, save the shader, and it gets rid of them right there. Or if I need like a new setting, like if I need a new custom color, I can do like an underscore color and say my new color, color, and let's say set this default to red, so I do one, zero, zero, one, so that's rbga, and save that, and now I have this my new color down here, which should have been set to red, I don't know why. Maybe, uh, I must have those both tied to the same variable or something. Oh, let's say, New color right there. I guess that's the variable name before that right there. So my new color, say it's blue. So you change it there. Um. So one other thing about this, if you have transparency in your flag, so let's go back over to GIMP, and I want to like cut out. Or first of all, I got to go to layer, add transparent, add alpha channel. Then let's say I want to cut out part of the flag, make it like a triangular flag. Click on that, hit delete. And let's grab this part right here. And hit delete. So now I've got a triangular flag file. I'm gonna export that over my checkerboard. Um, So that should automatically update, let's see here go back to my texture. Now I was having a little bit of problems with this earlier. Go back to GIMP, file, export as, make it checkerboard too. Yeah, I
1: was gonna say, can you right click and do like
0: re-import? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's having this problem when I was running through this earlier. Sometimes it doesn't want, let's do like you're saying, re-import all. Um, Go ahead and save that, okay. File name, flag demo. Oh, I know one problem, I actually gotta set the uh, transparency of the material or the texture. I think it's material. Uh, I can set that to a uh, sprite uh, style, okay. So, checkerboard two, texture type, default, I want to change this to sprite 2D, apply. Okay, so it changed it there. I think the problem is here, maybe I have two different uh, materials applied. Um, So let me see here, mesh plane. Mm, Let me get rid of the skin mesh renderer. So remove that. Okay. Or maybe i just disable it. Drag checkerboard. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so there's the checkerboard. That really isn't what I wanted. I wanted this on top of the flag. It's almost like it created this as its own object. Um, materials. Oh, maybe I can go flag. Turn this back on, go to checkerboard, and for the uh, Abdelo, I can click on the checkerboard too here. And let's turn the color back to white. So this is expected right here. So you notice you do see the triangle, but there's all this mess on the side, so we can fix that in the shader. Um what you need to do and I'll have to look at my example here. So I got a backup over here. Let's see here. Backup flat, no, it's under assets. Backup. So I got this uh, example shader. So I think I can go on my flag and change this over to flag shader backup. No. Flat example shader. Okay. So here we have uh, th- these additional parameters under subshader. Uh, set Q to transparent, render type to transparent, and also turn on blend source alpha and all these different settings. Alpha to mask on. Uh, see if I can copy that. And put this in my new flag shader. Go ahead and turn those off. Save that. And hopefully <laughs> it doesn't display. Uh, let's see if I can pull this one out. And delete this one. So this is what it sort of looks like right here. I had an extra stray line going through there. Uh, yeah, for some reason that didn't work, but here's the flag shader back right here, which was what I was showing right here. Uh, with uh, the additional settings, flag shader, the uh, transparency and things like that turned on. So, that's like a little short example of how to do a flag uh, that may not be rectangular in uh, using a custom shader in Unity. So go ahead and stop screen sharing here. So I think that's all I had for this month. Uh, Dylan, did you have anything you wanted to uh, promote, share, anything like that?
1: Nah, like I said, I haven't really been doing anything game development-wise
0: in the last month. So, Yeah, I figure it would probably pick up. I mean, we do have Ludum Dare, but it won't be until December. So, yeah, then, then maybe some of us will get together for the... The Knox Dev uh, event later this month. And...
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on being at that. Okay. Uh,
0: I think it's like, is it
1: a Thursday night again? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that was the assumption I made. I don't know that I actually checked it. I can check real quick.
0: Yeah, October 26th. Yeah, that's yes, a Thursday. That is, that is a Thursday. Which isn't great, but at least they're a little bit consistent on always having it on the same night. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, be able uh, be sure to check out Dylan's stuff. He's uh, DylanWolf.com is his main website. At DylanWolf, you can find him on Twitter and DylanWolf on Itch.io. Uh, you can find my stuff, LeviDSmith.com is my website. Uh, at GATECHGrad on Twitter and I'm also a GATECHGrad on Itch.io. So we appreciate everyone watching and we'll be back in a month.